Our readings today remind me of good old Irish Paddy, the prisoner. I'm sorry for those who have heard this one before. Uh, Paddy was in prison for 20 years and finally worked out a way to escape. He tunnelled his way out through the, um, through the sewer and eventually he finds a, a manhole and he pops out right in the middle of a kindergarten playground. All the kids around playing and he, he gets up and he's so excited, he's so happy about finally being free and he's jumping up and down and you know he's missing a few teeth you know he's, he's like shouting out and he's going I'm free I'm free I'm free and a little girl comes up and goes well well sir I'm four <laughs> sorry it's pretty bad isn't it <laughs> I share that because the promise of Christianity is freedom and it's not physical freedom like Patty but the freedom that comes from within the freedom that brings out the very best in us, that enables us to truly flourish in life. The saints remind us that we all long for this freedom, whether we realise it or not. But unfortunately, we cannot make it happen. This interior freedom is always a byproduct of faith and love. And so today I want to reflect a little on this link between faith, love and freedom. I want to start with our gospel today because um, once again we are presented with an inspiring witness of faith in this woman. Now whenever we hear or we we reflect on a a character in the scriptures such as this woman today, it's important that we realise that God is um, through that person saying to each one of us that you can live this way too. So it's important that we pay attention to this woman today. The first thing we notice about her is that she's from a different part of town. She's a Gentile. She's not from the right religion. And that means that she's not supposed to benefit from the God of Israel. She shouldn't be asking, let alone expecting anything from Jesus. But of course, she does ask. She does expect. She doesn't let her unworthiness get in the way. She, she beelines it for Jesus. The first thing that she teaches us is that we unlock the power of God by looking to Jesus. And do you notice that she didn't sort of creep up to him unapologetic, apologetically? You know, she's just like, she wasn't tentative, but she sort of just came with her, her full heart. She, she um, came with, to Jesus with great courage. She obviously wasn't too worried about what others said around her. In fact, she shouts after him, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. 2,000 years later, we can still almost hear her cry of desperation, yeah? This woman reminds us that true faith is not so much an intellectual decision, but it's a deep cry from a heart that knows its poverty and weakness and isn't afraid to acknowledge it, which of course can be kind of humiliating, can't it, when we really get in touch with our deep need. We don't usually like to acknowledge our weakness and our failures, which is probably why we aren't 
recipients of more miracles in our life because we're just not prepared to go there. Now, usually when someone reached out to Jesus with great faith like this woman, he would respond really positively, right? But did you notice it's a little different with this woman? Firstly, he flat out ignores her, like on purpose. It doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? <laughs> and then she comes, kneels before him, and continues to plead with him. And he seems to kind of insult her. He says, hey, sorry, I, I can't give um, food to the house dogs that he's meant for the children. It's hard to believe these words are coming from the mouth of Jesus, right? It, it seems like he's having a really bad day or something. <laughs> but of course, he's using this as an important teaching moment. What Jesus is actually doing here is pointing out this supposed barrier that was between the Jews and the Gentiles. I think what Jesus is actually doing is, is challenging this woman. He's saying, hey, here is the reason why everyone thinks that you can't expect anything from God. What are you going to do about it? And what does she do about it? Well, she takes up the challenge, doesn't she? She takes his bait. She keeps asking. She keeps expecting. She keeps believing that Jesus can save her daughter in her humility. She says, yeah, look, I might just be like a house dog. But all I need is just a little scrap to fall from that table. And that'll be enough. She kind of gets one up on Jesus, which is exactly the kind of response that he would have been hoping for. It was her persistent faith in Jesus that broke through that barrier between her and God. And her daughter was made well again. She was set free. Yeah. This woman is a reminder to us that the barrier that can be between us and God is never on God's side. It's always on our side. There might be some here tonight who are not a Christian or, or you don't consider yourself particularly religious or maybe uh, you know, you're, just, you're conscious of all your failures in terms of your faith and your relationship with God. But all of that does not need to be an obstacle. You too can expect great things from God, just like this woman. So long as you keep looking to Jesus with faith, so long as you keep asking and keep expecting. We don't know what happened with this woman after the miracle, but we can assume that she probably started a journey of following Jesus, right? Like many others who were recipients of his miracles. That was the main reason why Jesus performed miracles in the first place, right? Yes, he wanted to heal people, he wanted to deliver them and restore them back to life, but the ultimate reason he performed favours was so that people would follow him as their Lord. Jesus knew that that's the only way we find true freedom, not just being recipients of his miracles, his favours, but through an ongoing relationship with him. This woman had received a big favour from Jesus, but she still needed to go on a journey to receive the freedom that he really wanted to give her. 
She'd already shown great faith to start the journey. But if she wanted to continue it, her faith still needed to mature. Her faith was strong, but it was transactional. It was focused on what Jesus would do for her. You've probably noticed in your own life, those relationships that kind of remain at the level of transaction, they don't tend to go very deep, do they? They don't satisfy or they don't even last normally over the long term because it's kind of, there's no substance to it. It's all about what you can do for me, what I can do for you. The same is true with our relationship with God. There are many people in the Gospels that followed Jesus. And the reason they followed him is because they did, he did things for them. He fed them. He healed them. But as soon as he stopped doing that, as soon as he stopped um, granting them these, these favours, as soon as he started to sort of call them to, uh, to follow him, to pick up their cross, did you notice that most of them fell away? Because they couldn't see any benefit anymore in following Jesus. Here's my key point today. If our journey with Jesus is really going to flourish over the long term, then our transactional faith, it needs to evolve into a genuine love of God. And I want to suggest that's, that's actually what true faith is. It's a deep, persistent love of God. That's the, the point that God is making through the prophet Isaiah in our first reading today. Again, God is speaking to a people who are outside the proper religion, right? And, and, he, and he says to them, those who attach themselves to me, who serve me and love my name, these I will bring to my holy mountain. These are the ones that will experience true freedom. God is saying, I'm not worried about your religious practices if they're different from ours. I'm not worried about that. What, what matters to me is that you love me, is that your heart is truly open, that you're, you're up for a relationship. You see, it's our, it's our love for God that deepens our union with him and, and opens us more and more fully to his liberating grace. Ultimately, it's only love that can do that. Now, what does it look like to love God? It's not too dissimilar to loving other people, right? Love is love. To love God means making a commitment to being in relationship with him. It means making an effort to get to know him. It means investing time regularly just to be with God, to be in God's presence without expecting anything in return. But perhaps the greatest sign that we are loving God is that we are putting God first. See, faith is not so much about what we get from God, but it's about what we give to God. Jesus, remember, he said the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. To dedicate every part of your life to glorifying God, living with an undivided heart. And that ultimately means embracing God's will for your life. 
Loving God means doing our best to to live his commandments, to follow wherever he leads us. Loving God means letting go of our agenda and submitting ourselves to God's plans and purposes for our life, trusting that that is actually what is best for us. And we could say that the whole Christian journey is um, this process of of moving from from transactional faith into a, a genuine love of God. And it's a journey, it's a process that takes a whole lifetime. We need to be patient with ourselves, right? Because we are wired to um, be self-sufficient, to be self-centred, to be transactional in our relationships, not only with God but with one another. And we call that original sin, yeah? This hyper-focus on self. So we need to be patient with ourselves. It's going to take time to undo that. But we also need to take initiative to undo it or to work with God's grace so that God can undo it, right? And tonight I want to suggest two ways, two things that we can do in our everyday life to actively grow in our love for God. The first is to make sure that we are engaged in a community of faith. If we want to grow in an authentic love of God, we cannot do it on our own. You cannot. We need to be regularly journeying with others who are also seeking to do the same. We need to be creating an environment where we support one another to go on that journey. Otherwise, we fool ourselves to think that we're growing in holiness, we're growing in love. This is why Jesus started the church, right? This is why we focus here in St. Benedict's on, on developing small groups, encouraging people to journey together with a small group of people, to support one another to go on that journey of loving God. The second way in which we can grow in our love for God is to prioritise the prayer of worship. There are so many ways that we can pray, but worship needs to be at the heart of our prayer life. Worship is is all about coming to God without an agenda. It's about remembering and praising and thanking God for who God is. Every Mass we worship, yeah? This This is all about worship. Earlier on, what did we say? Um, We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. A little bit later in Mass, we're going to say, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Right? We, we, We worship constantly in and through our celebration of Mass. But we also need to be worshiping at home every day. Just taking a moment to to draw alongside our God. to to worship our creator, to consciously call to mind the goodness of God, and just to be in God's presence. The more that we worship, the more that we will undo our addiction with self, and the more we have the capacity to truly and finally love. Now this brings us back to freedom, and, and I want to finish here. True freedom does not come from our efforts. It flows from our faith, from our obedience and our worship of God. And here's the beautiful thing. As our relationship with God shifts from self-seeking to genuine love, the same thing will start to happen in our relationships with others. 
will find a new capacity to live out our deepest identity, which is to give ourselves away in love of God and to one another. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.